Meridian Health is taking care of New Jersey. We proudly present Meridian Physician Podcasts. Here's Bill Klaproth. A good night's sleep is important for maintaining your overall health and well-being. However, many suffer from sleep disorders and can affect men and women differently. My guest today is Dr. Carol Ash, and she is the Director of Sleep Medicine at Meridian Health in New Jersey. Dr. Ash, thanks for your time today. So what are the most common sleep disorders that you see? Well, you know, most people, when they think about sleep disorders, they typically think of of sleep apnea or obstructive sleep apnea, and that's a condition where individuals can stop breathing in their sleep, or they think of insomnia. There's also some movement disorders. Um, One common one is called restless leg syndrome. Some people will uh, describe it as the jimmy legs, or or that's how um, people will typically think of it. And then insufficient sleep because of our our lifestyle or medications or, or other health problems is also something that that people will commonly struggle with. But there's 80 different or more than 80 different sleep disorders, and science is is showing us so much about the mechanics of of sleep. Um, It's just a fascinating uh, time to be practicing sleep medicine. Absolutely. Are these sleep disorders mainly caused by uh, hereditary uh, things, or are they caused by lifestyle or depression or stress, or or maybe all of the above? All of the above. So you can have a sleep disorder um, like obstructive sleep apnea that could be due to the fact that you have larger tonsils or the the shape of your your face, Um, or you can have a sleep disorder because of, of lifestyle, so if you're somebody that's trying to burn the candle at both ends or you're, you're very stressed, it could cause your sleep to be disrupted or you may not get enough sleep. Um, restless legs, I mean, that's a condition where we can see people having difficulty with, with unusual or uncomfortable symptoms in, or in their legs that it's relieved by activity that can be present because of an iron deficiency. And people with insomnia, it commonly uh, travels with other disorders like depression, but we now know, we used to think of insomnia as a symptom, we now know that insomnia is itself its own disorder and tends to travel with other disorders like depression and anxiety, and when you treat the insomnia, it's actually easier to treat the depression or the anxiety that might be occurring with the insomnia. So all of the above is the answer. So when is it time to go see the doctor then? Someone may think, oh, geez, I'm just, you know, I'm being stressed out. I'm working too hard. Uh, you know, I, I'm not eating right. This will go away. When should someone come see you? Well, what, I, what I'll typically tell um, my patients or, or, or folks in the community when I talk to them, the first thing is just recognizing that, that there may be an issue that your doctor or a sleep specialist could help you with. And the first things that people need to be mindful of, if you're finding that you're not able to get the right amount of sleep that, that you need, or in, or so if you're somebody that, that, that has what we would classically think of, in, of as insomnia, so if you're just having difficulty falling asleep at night, you're not able to maintain sleep at night, you're waking up too early, or you just feel exhausted and tired during the day, that's certainly somebody that might want to consider reaching out to their, their provider. Now, sometimes it could be something really simple. You, you know, I'll ask patients when they come see me, why do you think you have a problem? And, and patients know they just haven't really thought about how they could solve the problem. So if, you know, you have a, a, a 
test you're trying to study for or a lot of demands. It may be that you just needed to understand how important sleep is and have somebody give you some insight about things that you could be doing to help make your sleep better. So you could can get the rest you need. You wake up in the morning feeling wide awake. So I'll give people some simple tips such as, you know, I want you to make sure you get the right amount. And most of us need about eight hours, the range being seven to nine. There isn't anybody that can really function well with less than seven hours of, of sleep. So you want to make sure that you're getting the right amount of sleep and you want to stick to the, a routine, regular schedule every day. And most important is getting up the same time every day because there's a master clock in your brain. And when you open your eyes in the morning and expose yourself to light, one of the strongest setters of the master clock is that light. So if you get up the same time every day, and if you need eight hours of sleep, and to keep it simple, if you got up at 8 a.m. and exposed yourself to light in the morning at 8 a.m., that light would help set rhythms for wake and sleep so that you'd be able to get to bed at 12 midnight, you'd easily drift off, and then you'd wake up again at 8 a.m. even without an alarm clock so that every day you'd wake up feeling well-rested and able to stay awake and alert all day long. If, if you're sticking to some, those basic principles, getting the right amount, getting up the same time every day, and keeping the environment dark, quiet, and cool to help facilitate sleep, and if after a month you're still struggling, then you really do need to talk to your doctor. Very good tips. Thank you for sharing those. I appreciate that because I was going to ask you about healthy sleep habits. So when it comes to determining a diagnosis, what tests are given for you to find out if somebody does have a sleep disorder? Well, if you find your way to the doctor because you're still struggling, the first thing they'll do is go through a list of symptoms that would help them understand what tests would be best for you. So if you're somebody who's snoring and you're finding that your sleep is restless and you're tired during the day and if you have cardiovascular disease, then that would suggest you probably are, are at risk for obstructive sleep apnea. And, and if you have a disorder like that, you need a study called a polysomnography, which is an overnight sleep study where you would go into a sleep lab. They would hook you up to monitors and they'd watch your breathing, they'd watch your heart rhythm. And watch, watch your oxygen count in your sleep and determine if there is a problem with your breathing in your sleep. If you do, there's some simple interventions. There's a, an appliance called CPAP. There's surgical interventions. There's dental appliances. And in some people, simple weight loss or just alleviating nasal congestion can, can solve the problem. If you come in and you describe to the doctor symptoms that suggest you can't fall asleep easily at night, you have racing thoughts, your sleep is restless. Well, typically, those people, there's some simple sleep habits they could work on. And, and we use cognitive behavioral therapy to help people with insomnia. And there are also certainly some medications we could use. But usually, people with classic insomnia symptoms, they wouldn't need a test. People with restless legs, which is a, that common Jimmy leg sensation, that pretty much from a history, you can get the information that you need. And there wouldn't be a, 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 a technical test that you need. You could get a lab test, like a ferritin count, which would look for a low iron level. That, the, the word ferritin is the word we use for iron. If the iron level is low, you just need the iron replacement. So that 
sleep study, um, typically we're, we're, we can we can bring people in if the symptoms do not strongly suggest an answer and you need a study to look into your sleep, no different than an MRI would look into your body if you had pain or you had a problem that the doctor needed to get more information on. The sleep study is a way of a doctor looking into your sleep to discover what the problem might be if you have symptoms suggesting a sleep disorder. So we've heard about sleep apnea, and you talked about that in the CPAP machine. You talked about good, healthy sleep habits. What about these over-the-counter medicines or pills you can take it seems like i see a new commercial every night where having trouble sleeping try you know the z thing and it'll make you sleep i mean that seems like not a good thing for people to be taking medication and i trying to get good sleep on their own by taking a a, some kind of a tylenol sleep aid all night well you know i always try to encourage patients to stay away from medications when they can and if you stick to those those simple tips, making sure you get up the same time every day, uh, keeping the, the right amount of hours at night, making sure the environment is conducive to sleep, the, the quiet, dark, and cool bedroom. And, and when you find you can't sleep, sometimes what, what, what people can simply do is just do some simple breathing exercises. So if you just really slow your breathing down and, and take a, a few of, uh, slow breaths in, and, and exhaling and, and, and getting the breathing to slow down. For some people, that could be enough to help them to drift off into sleep or just starting with your toes and working all the way up to your head and relaxing your muscles may be all you need to do to help you drift off to sleep without any over-the-counter medications. Typically, what the, over the ma- over-the-counter medications are is they're antihistamines that can be very sedating. And so you're taking advantage of a side effect of a medication that's really used for something else. And um, part, part of the, the, the reason why it's been so difficult to control um, insomnia with, with medications in the past is we didn't really understand the mechanisms of, of sleep and wake. What we now know is there's two separate circuits, for one for sleep and one for, for wake, and what the problem has, has been is we now know that people that are having trouble falling asleep at night, it's as if they have a foot on an accelerator because it's really a problem with hyperarousal and the wake system not shutting off. So it's as if they have a foot on the accelerator. And what most of these over-the-counter medications and even prescription sleeping meds were designed to do it was to put the foot on the brake. But if you think about that for a second, it doesn't make sense that if the foot is on the accelerator, that that simultaneously putting the foot on the brake is really going to accomplish what you need. So we're now really realizing that what we do to solve insomnia has to take the foot off the accelerator. So those breathing techniques, trying to relax the the muscles and decrease the tension in, in your muscles, and there are some newer prescription medications that are designed to take the foot off the accelerator, but not the over-the-counter meds. So your first, your first bet is just really kind of trying to relax your, your, your mind. Again, simple breathing exercise and muscle relaxation can work really well for that. Dr. Ash, thanks again for your time. You are listening to Physician Podcast with Meridian Health. For more information, please visit meridianhealth.com. That's meridianhealth.com. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.